16-bit arcade graphics. Montana free, Pat Riley free, Buster Douglas free, Super Monaco GP free, or Collins free. What Nintendo? Buy a 16-bit Genesis system between now and October 31st. And the AT&T gimmick pro-am and no one has a more sour taste in his mouth than Phil Mickelson who fell short last weekend and quite possibly could have seen his last opportunity to win on tour this week you're going to need moxie you're gonna need grit the Genesis Invitational is loaded from top to bottom and now other than a major this might be the most heavy slate we are going to see this season and the cut line is going to deliver and bring you the best analysis out there hello canada hello usa hello uk welcome back australia and hello germany and new listeners are always welcome to the cut line those big cons are gonna love you eh what do you mean you're a cute little guy they're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk Turn. where are you gonna be I'll be in the cafeteria smokes. I am Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter, the leader of the MG Pack, your Mr. Lineup Fix, the host with the most, and the tout is going to nail this slate with six of six and potentially some wieners, winners, come Sunday. But as much as I want to help you, I can't do this alone. On the other side of the mic, the original 6K Maestro, the 6K Magnet, the 6K. I pick them, you play them, you slay them. The lineup slayer. Mad Money Manafort, my time Manafort, zero iron Zach at EaglesFan83 on Twitter. Number 18 in your programs, but number one in your hearts. Lives in Hangover Purgatory, Mr. Karuna himself. Zach Manafort. What's up, Zach? Hey, what's happening? I am one monster and guarantee behind you. Just letting you know. Just one. I'm in a funk. In a funk. You started off strong. Not anymore. After going, what, four of six? Yep. Now you're four, four, of, four of ten. No, you're Ooh. six. Wait, you're six. I don't know, I think you're six of ten. Six of ten? I don't remember. I have to go back and look. I'm one behind you. You're four of ten. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Ooh. Brutal. It's all right. We're off these garbage multiple course courses. I was about to say, how excited are you? Very. I like the Genesis. I hate the field, honestly. You hate the Genesis field? I hate the... I just... I don't know. I don't like it. I like the course, and I like it as like a PGA event, but as a DFS event, I'm... After looking into it, I really don't... I don't like it. I just don't like the well, way I'm the lineups come together. I'm stoked that they 
have, have made it an invite. Yeah. They cut the field down. I mean, instead of 150-some golfers, you're at 126. Yeah. I think that's why I hate it. Hmm. I just don't like the way the pricing is coming together. Have to get contrarian. Which means maybe I'll win this week because I hate it and I don't love it like every other week. So, we'll see. Sounds good. We're going to go straight to our good, bad, ugly, our picks from last week. Where our good call was a call that obviously was on the money. Our bad call calls we which could change more ownership, less ownership, whatever the case may be. And, of course, our ugly, the absolute call we whiffed on. Kicking it off with our good, our best call. Go ahead. Oh, my best call of the week is, for me was J.B. Holmes at T14. I mean, I came in at like 5% on which is a little bit higher than I thought he would. But he's been stringing together some good golf, which sucks that it all culminates here where he won last year. But uh, I, I like Holmes' call last week. I like the Kitayama call. I was pretty much all in on him, T18 for his price. Uh, and I'm actually I'm pleased with my 100% in on DJ last week. Yeah, He looked good all the way through Sunday morning. And if he didn't shit the bed... He wins the thing. He's back, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I think DJ was a great call. And then my my last my last pat on the back. I'll take the Sean O'Hare monster call at a quarter of a percent owned last week. Uh, Saturday afternoon when the rounds cleared up and he was in the top fifteen, I was pretty pretty rolled. And then he proceeded to follow DJ into the pit of hell, and he still finished well. So you know, seventy DK points for a guy who was in the six Ks. I'll I'll take that as a good call. All right, my, my favorite good calls was first the hoagie can't do it call. Mm-hmm. Did not live up to the hype. It finished, I think, in like 60th place. So that was a good call. Lanto Griffin, Daniel Berger, I think they were solid calls. Both finished in the top 10, were dominant. Both were in my single entry. Both were helping that single entry score big until you add Russell Knox to that mix. Mm hmm. And that's my bad right there. Knox was all in my single entries, and he did not make the cut. In addition, I'm going to put in my bad Phil Mickelson, who I didn't want to really talk about last week. Yeah, he was definitely in my bad as well. <laughs> I wanted nothing to do with him, and I, yeah. We saw how that ended up. And then I'll go yeah, with uh, Mr. Jim Furyk. I was very, very high on and did, did ter- terrible. Just terrible. Are we putting him in your bad or your ugly? Uh, I'm just gonna do bad because I I don't think it I don't think statistically he was an ugly call. I just wish I could have been less. I, I, I had him pretty much everywhere, so that basically screwed any chance I had. Yeah. So ugly calls. Right. I'm gonna go with Jason Day because I was just all against him, and that was just a bad idea. My ugly call was the big miss on Nick Taylor. I uh, completely overlooked him in my model. I, I, after every tournament, I go back and look at my model, see where people finish. He was ranked 25th in my weighted model, man. Yeah. 25th. And, you know, in the aggregate model, top 35. And I just totally ignored him. So shame on me. <laughs> shame, shame. For shame. Shame, shame on me. Shame. All right, so. The cut line is here to bring you an in-depth analysis of the Genesis Invitational. We're going to do the best we can. <laughs> I like these guys. They're funny guys. Just kill one of Make sure you're cashing big on Sunday. 
In addition, we'll bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And now the goal of the cut line is to make sure you're creating the best lineups, winning lineups, lineups that are kicking ass and taking names, scoring big with everyone's favorite six of six through the cut line. You're on fire. How always. So I was watching golf, but now I have some pillow top infomercial going on. Well, sleep is important. You know, the golf channel is meant for all golf. Why the hell is it? Okay, whatever. <laughs> Zach, it's Wednesday. What are you going to be doing? It's crunch time. Lineups are going to be due on Thursday. What's your plan, bro? You know, I thought long and hard about this this, this afternoon. And I think I'm just going to go to Fanshare Sports and do the right thing and look at ownership this week. That's not fun. <laughs> I wanted to catch you off guard. I had to change it up a little. What, what was it? What? <laughs> what? Well, that's very intelligent. Because you need leverage. And I know I'm going to be checking out Fanshare Sports as well. And even with my own personal projections, I know that a second opinion is incredibly important. The guys I trust, fan share sports. So if you're not subscribed, easy fix. Go to fansharesports.com, input the word cut line in the discount option, you'll receive 20% off your membership. But wait, there's more! Oh my god, there's more to this week. When the cut line tweets out the episode, this week's episode, retweet it and you will automatically be placed into a lottery for free. That's right, free month-long subscription to Fanshare Sports. Rules are simple. Cut line tweets, you retweet. Not like it, retweet it. And your Twitter handle is automatically locked into the drawing. Remember, ownership is a leverage not to be belittled. It's true. You talked me into it. I mean, you've been saying it for weeks. I, I gotta get on board. Oh, Zach. <laughs> I can't believe this mattress... Oh, okay. Anyways. Of course, we gotta give a shout-out to PGA and Fantasy National. You want to build stronger lineups? Both Zach and I, our process starts with these two sources and gives us a huge leg up when compared to the rest of the industry. Huge. Are your, are your lineups in the gutter? It's probably because you're on the wrong end of the flagstick. So I ask you, how are your lineups doing? And this week, the PGA Tour heads to the Pacific Palisades in BEA, beautiful California. The Genesis Invitational will play host to some of the most prestigious golfers on tour, even though you hate them all. True. Zach. True. The course to challenge them, the Riviera Country Club, a masterpiece of old-school golf. And the course has seen such famed champions like Hogan, Sneed, Faldo, and Freddie Couples. The course will challenge these golfers, and they will see seven par fours that will measure more than 450 yards in length. Course history is a must. But you know what else is important? The detailed course breakdown. Zach, what are the golfers looking at this weekend? Sucks. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, Riviera Country Club, Pacific Palisades, as you said, located within the city of city limits of Los Angeles. 
Uh, you know, crying right off Sunset Drive. So, par 71, 7,322 yards long. It's a pretty difficult course. It ranked 10th out of 49th last year, and that is mainly because very small polo greens this week, so that'll be fun. And we got a little Kakua Fairways with uh, some challenging rough if, uh, if it's cut the same way it was the last couple years, so we'll keep an eye on that. Um, there is some dog legs. There's some decent bunker shots coming up. It, guys got to have some game management here. Um, that does lend to guys like Phil and Bubba, but, you know, as we saw last week, Phil can come out of nowhere. But I think that's the end of Phil last week. I don't, I don't think he's going to do anything. So, uh, weather-wise, I was hoping that would cause a little bit more of a challenge. It looks like it's going to be another beautiful week for golf. Uh, we'll see winds between 2 and 7 miles an hour pretty much all week and through the weekend. Um, I don't see it. There's no rain in the forecast. There's no heat. It's going to be in the mid-50s, high-50s, and low-60s. So, all in all, beautiful golf. Beautiful golf. So, taking a look at the course history in the past, there's a couple key things kind of that, that stuck out to me. Um, a lot of the winners previously were pretty strong drivers off the tee. So, I'm going to wait driving distance a little heavier than I have in the past, which I usually don't. But this week, I'm kind of going off the rails. So, tend to take driving distance. I'm looking at strokes gain approach because I think off the tee uh, and your approach game need to be dialed in this week. The rough can be pretty bad, so I'm also going to wait scrambling pretty heavy, uh, and also I'm going to take strokes gained around the green. So pretty much everything but strokes gained off the tee, um, just for various reasons. Uh, and then JR's gain, because it, it, that seems to be the one stat that stood out last year from top 20 all the way up. Uh, those guys were standing well above the field. And then kind of to, to bring it all home, birdies are better gained, uh, and that'll combine with a little bit of POA. So I'm taking that. I'm taking their last 50 rounds, you know, unfiltered. I'm taking their last 50 rounds on POA. And then I'm combining that with their last 100 rounds of putting on POA. And kind of shaking shaking the sheet a little bit. See what comes out. Uh, I, what came out initially for me, I was not impressed. I, I don't like the roster construction. I get four guys in there, and then I'm stuck with two guys I don't really like. No matter how I build it. So, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting week, for sure. Uh, but that's kind of how I'm looking at the course and how I'm breaking it down. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts. I'm on board with a lot of the things you mentioned. Specifically, though, I'm going to look at strokes gain approach. Birdie or better from the rough. Strokes gain off the tee. Strokes gain tee to green. Three putt avoidance and driving distance. I think these are all key correlating stats. One thing I'm going to weight heavily this week is course history. Hmm. I think course his I think course history here, specifically in this tournament at this course, is one of the most important factors in your analysis. Almost as important as the number one course history tournament, the Masters, Augusta. True. So uh I'm a huge fan of this tournament. I love the fact that we get to see a field of such strength. And I'm really looking forward to just watching some really good golf. I don't know where you're at on that. I, I know the DFS side of things, you, you're not too happy. I like, I, like the, I like the event. I do. I love it. I think this is a great event altogether. I think it's a great weekend for golf. I, just from the DFS perspective, I just don't like how the lineups come together for me. It's a first. It's happened in a long time. It's just I don't know if it's the pricing or the stat model I'm running or a mixture of both, but I'm just not comfortable with, with who I could get in there. So I don't know. But I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> He's two punts from victory. 
only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. All right, that'll bring us to our one putt, two putt, three putt, birdie or better segment where Zach and I will break down a variety of DFS pricing tiers and pick our favorite plays all the way from 11K down to the 7K range. Range. So that's the plan. And why don't you kick it off for us, brother? Hey, uh, uh, 11 to 10K range and one that I'm usually not a fan of. But again, I'm going right back to the well. I've got one guy. It's going to be Dustin Johnson. I think he's back. I think this is a course that plays to his strengths. And I think that the fact that he's only 10K is just, it blows my mind. I don't know. He ranks number two in my model and he's the fifth highest priced golfer. But, you know, looking at his po, po putting, he's phenomenal. He's the ninth best in the field over his last 100 rounds. He's the only guy in the top 10 that is uh, priced in the 10K range. So that'll tell you something. Um, I mean, number two overall, that's driving distance number two, strokes gain approach number seven, very better gains three, and JR's gain, that's four, over his last 36 rounds. So this includes the rounds that he struggled at the end of the year and kind of where he's gotten it back this year. So he still ranking in the top five, even though he struggled on some of these rounds, I just don't see a way that he's not at the top. Yes, his performance Sunday worries me, but there was a lot of other guys that kind of fell in that same trap. So I'm not winning that too heavily. He's got, for speaking course history-wise, like you said, this dude is a phenomenal. He's missed two cuts back in 2013 and 2011. Other than that, he's only finished outside the top 10 once in 2018. He's got two seconds, a third, a two-fourths, and a ninth. And he won in 2017. So... There's just no reason for me to go anywhere else but DJ this week. And that is where I'm just sitting. I completely agree with you on DJ. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people are going to be on board with Dustin Johnson. Uh, is is As great as this top tier is, from <clears throat> DJ all the way to Rory. I mean, the course history is undeniably phenomenal. He's got an average finishing a position of 6th place since 2014. Okay. To me, that that's just overly impressive especially with weighting course history so significantly this weekend and no better finish than his first place win in 2017 but let's not forget the fact that he finished second twice in a row in 2014 and 2015 and another top 10 finish in 2019 and 2016 so undeniably course history here is just phenomenal the course recent form is going to be suspect and questionable just because of the fact the way he finished last season and everything like that. But when you look long term, he's top 10 in my approach model, top 30 in my fairways and greens model in the last 100 rounds, mm-hmm. and top 10 in putting in the last 100 rounds. DJ has it all when he's on fire. He's someone I'm going to have pieces of. Absolutely agree with you. Yep. You got anybody else up here? Last guy I want to mention is Justin Thomas. The guy has just been lights out this year. And I know everyone's going to say, well, he missed the cut at the Sony. That, that That's a unique situation just simply because of the fact of the wind, the weather, and, and he got caught up in a bad spot. But look, last year I had him as winner. He finished second. Okay, I know a lot of people were riding that boat, that JT boat. I don't know if they do it again this year, but I'm going to go Justin Thomas. I'm going to be overweight on him. He, fit, he ranks number two overall in my weighted rank model. Mm. Behind, guess who? 
Uh, Rory. No. He's in the 9K range, but we'll get to him in a bit. No, he's not. Anyways. Rory McIlroy? Not Rory, the guy ranked number one. Oh, he's 11-6. Crazy. He, foolish. <laughs> and ranks third overall in my aggregate model. So, the one thing we question about Justin Thomas in recent form is that putter. It's been suspect at best, but because he has such pinpoint elite approach game, I got him second overall in my expected birdie or better with 4.36. That's number two. I love it. I love JT this week. Give me some JT. Give me some DJ in this upper range. I don't disagree. I think JT is definitely a spot that he can crush. I just, I don't know. I'm not, I don't like paying 11. I don't like paying a lot for guys in, in this field this strong. 11, it seems high. 10, I am, I'm still on the border, but it, it, you're asking a lot for a guy at 11 to win this thing. And he has to, basically. So, guys, I want to mention is Rory real quick. I, I'm not going to be overweight on him. Same with Rom. Same with Woods. I'm actually not going to have any Woods, okay. I don't think. Not that I hate Tiger Woods. It's just that it's kind of your first tournament back for the PGA Tour season. He's never won here. He's playing, he's not playing the program with draft sheet. Really? Yeah, he won the uh, the Tiger Jam uh, tournament, and he got he's gonna go play the first round on Wednesday with Tiger. <laughs> like that guy needs anything more right. to stroke his ego. <laughs> God damn it! Oh man, well, but yeah, no, I'm with him. him. I'm, yeah, I think good that's awesome. Him. That's like once in a lifetime. That is awesome. That, that, that is awesome. I I don't know if I'd want to play golf. I would, I'd rather just ca- I'd rather just caddy for him. I think I'd just shit myself off the tee if I was playing with him. It'd be terrible. It'd be every shot. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then he'd be like, "Here, let me show you how to do that." Yeah. Not to mention the entire crowd that's going to be following him around. Uh, no thanks. Well, that's fun. <laughs> Anyways, Rory, uh, he's in play. Johnny Rahm's in play. I think that meltdown at the uh, waste management, though, I, I'm suspect on Johnny Rahm there. Yeah, no, I'm, he's just I'm not. No. He's not put. He's not putting it together on Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. No. But he easily could do it this. Not in this field. No way. I'm sorry. It ain't happening. Unless like, uh, no, it's not. He ranks 45th for me. There's no way. Right. And by the way, you're gonna say Adam Scott is your number two or number one, right? No. Damn, I'm still not. I don't, All right, I don't we're gonna go to this. the. Or who is it? Who's the 9K? Who's your? 9K? We're gonna go to the 9K range. We're gonna go to my number one ranked golfer, not necessarily my number one ranked play. And I can't believe I'm saying this. Oh God, if you say Hideki, I'm gonna kill you. Tony oh, Fino. Oh, thank God. I agree Tony with you. I absolutely agree. The recent form, 14th at the American Express, 6th at the Farmers, 2nd at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Couldn't put it together on Sunday. Shame on him. Average finishing place of 7th place in last last three tournaments. Now you look at the course history here at the Genesis, and he does have two back-to-back mixed cuts in 2016 and 2017, but not counting those, he has a top 24 Average finish with three of five cuts with 15th, second, and 56th. Now, what I love about Tony Finau, he ranks ninth overall off the tee in terms of my fairways and greens model, but he ranks number one in his last eight rounds and number two in his last 24 rounds. He's on fire right now. I'm going to ride the wave. I know a lot of people are going to be like, Going elsewhere, I think you can get Tony Finau at a lower ownership because there's so many good plays here between this 9K and 11K range. 
I agree with you on the first part. I disagree on the second. I am in with Finau. He's the only guy I have in this range that I'm playing. I absolutely think you're 100% right. I don't have him graded out as number one. For me, he's number seven. But I will take that all day long. Um, he's playing just phenomenal golf. For all the reasons you said, and just looking at his form, he's, he's, for 9,100, I think he's he's underpriced based on some of the guys above him. I don't know how Brooks Kepka is 9,400, but sure, I'm playing Fino every day. All right, the other guy I want to mention, since Fino apparently is your only option, is yep. Hideki Matsuyama. Stop. Who again? Stop playing him. I He's in such good form. But he's not winning. I, it doesn't matter. He's priced at 93 where he doesn't need to win. He's just got to be there on Sunday. Uh, he's got to be in the top 10. That's easy for Decky. He's only done it it's here a, twice. And he's he hasn't done it this year yet. He hasn't done it here. He's putting it together. We, we've talked about this before with recent form. And come on. Fourth in 2015, ninth in 2019. Are you going to really knock him for the 11th place finish yeah, in 2016? I am, because 11th place is not going to do it for you this week. When he makes the cut, he's got an average finishing position of 12th place. In his recent form, an average finishing position of 24th, <clears throat> with two two top 20s and a 45th. <clears throat> Come on, dude. No. I'm a Hideki fan, and... I was until we started doing this podcast, and he can't do it. He can't finish. No. If he's above 9,100, no. False. Fade. Here's another kicker. He's eighth in the field in DraftKings points in the last 50 rounds. I'll take that. Tenth in greens and regulation gained. Eleventh in strokes gained approach. Ninth in strokes gained tee to green. Where he struggles most is three-putt avoidance. He ranks 107th in the field in the last 50 rounds. Now, guess what? Putting is not a massively huge leveraging stat this week. Decky is in play, man. No. <laughs> I mean, for me, he struggles around the green a little bit. And his driving distance, he's not the strongest hitter. It, it takes me... I, I like his form. I like I, I like Decky as an all-around golfer. I just don't like him where he's priced. All right. I think he's an eight, he's uh, an upper mid to upper eight K guy, honestly, in my opinion. Last guy I want to mention is Adam Scott. Adam Scott just has great course history here. He's he's someone that I'm going to play a decent amount of. Not sure how much ownership I'll get to him, being that this is his first tournament of the calendar year. Um, he is second overall in greens and regulations gained. He is sixth in DraftKings points in the last fifty rounds, and he's ninth in those strokes gained are fours and of course fourth place in strokes gain t to green he just dominates the fantasy national model and that's what i like seeing in terms of the overall aggregate model ranks in the top 20 so he's totally someone to consider other guys xander for sure now the enigma the one i wanted to ask you about and i have a feeling what you're going to say but i'm going to ask anyway bubba watson at 9600 And, and and I'm gonna point this out, and pretty much everyone's gonna know about this. But he's won every 24... other year, right? Right, first year, <laughs> first in 2014, first in 2016, first in 2018. I mean, you can't deny that he's he looks good this year. I mean, he's had a hand, a couple, a, thir- a third and a sixth, like back to back, and he looks phenomenal. He looks really good, and 
man, it's hard not to play him. He he made my first and second cuts, but I don't know. It's just a gut thing. Statistically for me, he grades out pretty well. My, my his struggle when I put him on just Poa is kind of what took him off for me. And that's where he goes from being really good to you just look at his last 36 rounds in Poa. And yeah, he's strong off the tee, he's driving, but his approach game he's 72, scrambling he's 59, round the green he's 93rd. He's still all right in GARS gained at 19th and 24th. So that's showing me that he's still hitting the greens, but he's when he struggles, he's he gets in trouble. So I don't know if it's just a Poa related thing. Uh, obviously, he can come out of it because he's won here so many damn times. But I don't know. To me, something's just something's just telling me stay away. And I'm hoping that you know because he's won so many times, he the ownership gets boosted up, and this is a, a good way to kind of get away from that and differentiate a little bit. So I, I think I'm off of him. I don't have him at all right now. He's on my like check into later on Wednesday kind of thing, but. As of right now, I'm, I think I'm staying away. I agree. He's going to be an ownership call. Yeah. If if it's obnoxious, I'm just going to stay away. If it's low, like, I, I would consider Bubba Watson at like 11%. Yeah, no. Too low. Yeah, that's low. That's really low. I figured he's going to be in the upper teens. Uh, yeah, I think everyone in this top range is going to be up there. And, and, and if you find a guy that isn't, I think he's a lock. I mean, he was only 11% owned at the Farmers, which is actually surprising. But So, well, let's go down to the 8K range. This is your kind of favorite area, this and the 7K. Why, why don't you kick it off? Uh, yeah, so I think my favorite play, honestly, across the field, and he's, it's not that he grades out super well, I just I really like the way it comes together, is Mark Leishman at 8,700. Um, he got a fourth here last year. He missed the cut two years in a row prior to that, and he had a fifth year in 2016. Um, so he's shown the ability to do well. And 8,600, if he gets the top five, yeah, money. But what I do like is he actually he's been playing solid golf this year already. Uh, I mean, he won the Farmers back at the end of end of January, 28th the Sony, nothing to write home about. But he just struggled with his putter, um, and then you know that was kind of it for the year. Uh, but his approach game, those two events where he finished first and 28th, so you got to take a look at that. 4.7 strokes gained on approach the year, the, the event he won at the Farmers, but 6.8 when he finished 28th at the Sony. So he has the approach game dialed in. And even back at the end of the year last year, he was hitting like four and a half to three strokes gained on approach. So he's dialed in. Where he struggles is around the green and with his putter. I'm not grading those two as high as I am the strokes gained approach. And if he can crush it and is dialed in with his irons, I think he easily can repeat a fifth or a sixth and for what is he 8700 i love him and he's a good scrambler uh, his last 36 rounds on poe he's eighth in the field uh, so i'm in on leishman he's kind of my favorite guy in the ak range even though he doesn't grade out as well as some of the other guys my issue with leishman is that if you're looking at like 2017 for example right mm-hmm. he came in in great form 20th at the sony 20th at the farmer's 24th of the waste management and then he gets to the genesis and he has a missed cut i wasn't joking how much i'm waiting that recent that like that the history bias here at the genesis he's got three missed cuts in the, since 2014 and and i'm going to include there a 59th place finish in 2014 if you're going to pay 8700 for mark leishman 
and that guy finishes in 59th, you're not winning any money this weekend. Now, of course, you got the fifth place and the fourth place, you know, top 10 finishes built in there as well. So we can have the tools. I, I'm not there. I'm just not going to be there with Leachman this week. I'm going to go in different directions. That's good. I like that. I'm I'm in. I'm in on him. I don't care. I think he's think he's in. I think he's in. I think he's in play. He's his best performance is when the winds are calm and we expect no weather. Like it's just it's it's lining up to be the perfect condition day for him to succeed throughout the whole week. So a guy I wanted to mention was Patrick Reed. Oh, you're gonna get me fucking all fired up. Whoa, I can't. Oh God, me and Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed is kind of one of those sneaky plays. He only he, he's only played here once since 2014, and he had a 59th place finish in 2017. What I like about this is the fact that he's been here, he's played this course. Okay, it's not something that he's seen for the first time. His recent form, pretty good. Sixth place at the Farmers. Again, we don't really consider the Sony such a drastic missed cut, considering the weather was so terrible that your lawn furniture was blowing away. That's true. It was pretty bad. <laughs> so. I love him off the tee here. I, I, I think he has a decent approach game. Patrick Reed, always questionable to play. Always under-owned because he's Patrick Reed. Uh, has an implied projection of 81.7. Get this. So I, I I think he is a solid play. I don't know how he gets 87 points when he pars every fucking hole. I'm just saying. I just... Patrick Reed falls into the Bill Haas category for me. Every time I play him, all he does is bogey your par. Every single time. I give you that he is in he's been playing some great golf at the end of last year and the beginning of this year. But I don't know. I just I can't do it. Well what did I what did I say at the beginning? It correlates well with Augusta. Who's won here at Augusta? No, I, I don't disagree with you. I just don't like Patrick Reed as a golfer. Let's not forget also, one of my favorite things. Number one in the last fifty rounds in strokes gained par four, Patrick Reed. That's that's a good that's a good note. That's a good note. I think this is why I hate this course. I hate this week because everyone that I don't like, there is no one I want to pivot to in the same range. So I'm forced to take people that I really am not comfortable playing. Well, the the AK range is going to. The AK range is going to be one of those pivotal ranges with Rose, Spieth, Mickelson, and Answer, but. Oh. I'm I'm gonna keep going back to Colin Morikawa. Oh, I'm with you. I, I agree with you on that one, hundred percent. Sixth overall in my weighted rank, sixth in my aggregate rank. The guy is just playing such great golf. Fifth overall in my approach rank, number one in the last eight rounds in approach, number two in the last twenty-four, and number two in the last fifty rounds. The guy is on fire and fuego. I mean, now hometown, well, home area. Here's my reservations. Colin Morikawa has not played here. And we are looking at long iron shots. Mm -hmm. Do we trust Colin Morikawa for that reason? Well, yes. I... I've always been a Colin Morikawa supporter, and I have not been able to get on the Colin Morikawa train yet this year, but this is the week that I get on. I, I, I like it. I think, yes, he has an issue sometimes, but he has shown the ability to overcome a lot of 
people's doubts on when he couldn't even succeed on tour and he came out firing. So, I don't know. To me, he's better than a lot of the people that are above him at this point. I mean, how do you have, how do you have an answer 8,200 more, 100 more than him? I don't know. Speed? Come on. I know Speed the Speed, and for whatever reason, he finally figured out how to play golf for a second last week. But uh, I just feel like he's underpriced at 8,100. I get the field strong, but there's no, he's better than that. He's better than where he's priced. Fair enough. Who else do you have in this range? Um, Justin Rose at 8,500. I also feel is kind of like criminally underpriced. I think he should be at least 89. Um, you know, looking at his history, he's a decent poet putter. He plays his best golf in calm winds where he gains a stroke and a half on the field, and we expect it to be basically just like point and shoot. I get it. The farmers, he missed the cut and looked pretty bad. Um, but he closed out the year last year with a fifth place. You know, his overall stats are looking good. He, he seems like he's on the, on the track back to success. Um, he's never missed a cut here for weight in course history. Last time he played was a couple years ago, back in 2017, but he got a fourth. He has another top 10 way back in 2011 where he got ninth. So, you know, this is the perfect spot for him to come in after having a shaky end of the year uh, and then an all right start to the year and really just come out firing and put up a top 10. And really, even a top five, but yeah, I think I think that price for Rose is ridiculous. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, why wouldn't you just shoot him up to the upper nines? How was answer above? I just where? How is he in the same range of these people? How? Nothing against Abraham Answer, but the the dude. Well, apparently, apparently, there's a lot against Abraham he's Answer. Play, he's he's played well. He has two top tens in his last four weeks. Sure, got it. But he's played here twice. With a 44th and a 68. How, how are you rating him better than Justin Rose? How? I don't know how they're rating him better than Justin Rose. I, I, I will say this about Abraham Answer. He ranks 20th in strokes gain off the tee in the last 50 rounds. 28th in the field in greens and regulation gain. And 13th in the strokes gain par 4. So there are measurables where you could say, okay, Abraham Answer is 8,200. Now, if I told you that, without telling you that his name was Abraham Answer, he would be someone who'd be on your radar no. for this course. Nope. Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not waiting off the tee very highly. That's All right, why. and that... Even with recent form, if you did not know that was Abraham Answer, you would not consider him if for a lineup. If you showed me his course history and his recent form, no, I would not be on Answer. Because you look at all the other guys that are around him, so much better. If you took all the names away and just showed me course history, recent form, and stats, no names, I guarantee you nine times out of ten I don't pick answer even my first look. See, I, I, I have answer popping. And if a lot of guys are going to be like you and players are going to be like, oh, I'm not going to play answer because it's Abraham answer. I, <laughs> I, I, that, that's your pivot right there. And I know it's a risky pivot. I get it. Especially when you're looking at just if you're if you're going to be a name whore, but and not a name whore, I'm a realist. He's not going to do no. Well you're here. a name whore. You're name whore. Do well here. You're name whore. He got okay. Let's figure. He, he, this was a non-invitational event in the past, and he did not do well. Now we're going to make the and, field stronger. And now he got invited to the party. Everyone's got to be last. 
Someone's well, always answer. Someone's got to make the bottom of the field. He's mispriced. He's he's no, no. If if Rose is mispriced, the answer is fucking overpriced by so much, a thousand easily. Look, he's decent off the tee. He's decent in approach, and we already talked about how how putting is immeasurable is not as significantly important as it is in past courses. I think that. I'm, t- I'm going to say this. If Wednesday night I go to Fanshare and I see that Abraham answer is sub 7%, I'm I'm going to have some some pieces, especially in my MME. I, I have to. Well, good. Invite me to those contests when you roster him. That's fine. <laughs> and you could, you could, speaking of finishing in last, you can watch me finish in first while you're on the bottom because you don't have him. I don't need him. All right. Anyone else in this 8K range? Uh... I mean, I have some interest in Sanjay just because I have interest in him every week, but there's really no reason besides he's a machine and probably will do make the cut and has the potential to win. Um, really yeah, I like, Sun- I like Sanjay too. He ranks really high. I have no interest in Phil or Jordan. No, Phil, I hope, I hope that people roster Phil. I do. It's not happening this week. It's not. All right, so let's go to the 7K range. Yep. Who you got? JB Holmes. All day. I don't care. I, I care the fact that he won, and I'm pissed because it sucks because I've been on JB for weeks, and he's doing really well. And I think now everyone's going to figure it out when they look at how well he's been doing and the fact that he won last year and the fact that he hasn't missed a cut here since 2013. Uh, you know, for me, I'm just going to lock him in at some point. I can't decide if he's going to be one of those guys that I just finally go 100% on this year and differentiate elsewhere because I just – I don't know. I'm usually not a Debbie Holmes fan, but I have been, and it's been paying off, so I'm just going to ride the wave. And he's still underpriced. He's got three top 20s in the last three weeks, and he's still 7700 And he's won here, and we're going to tell, and you're going to tell me again that he should be priced under answer by 500, 600 No. He won here last year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why is he 7700 and answer who hasn't won here ever? Or broke the top forty. They're both in good form, so you can't tell me that's it. Like I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get the answer price. But either way, home seventy-seven hundred. I'm in. A guy I want to mention who has very, very strong course history here as well is Ryan Moore at seventy-six hundred. Now he does have two missed cuts since 2014, but when he did make the cut, 22nd, 10th, 9th, and 28th here at the Genesis Invitational. In terms of recent form, missed the cut at the Waste Management, but did finish top 10 at the American Express Open. So you are going to have to deal with some pains with Ryan Moore if he's struggling off the tee. And the one thing I do like, though, about Ryan Moore is his approach game. So he does have some strengths for this course. Obviously, his birdie or better uh, from the rough is advantageous. That's something I'm going to look at. Am I going to be overweight on Ryan Moore? Absolutely not. I'm not going to be one of those guys. But I I, I just think he does have tangibles that are going to be helpful for your lineup construction. I think Ryan Moore is key. Not a bad call. I don't have him, but I see your point. So who else do you have? Uh, Keegan Bradley. I'm not comfortable with it, but he grades out well for me when I just put him on POA. He ranks out 10th overall, which scares me. Uh, and it's really because on POA, for some reason, in his last 36 rounds, he's number one in the field on approach, which is crazy. 
and 10 in JR's game. Of course, that's offset by his terrible putting where he's 53rd and Brady's a better game. But with small greens, I'm hopeful that if he can dial those shots in, that he won't have to be as reliant on anything over a couple feet. Um, and for 7,300, I'll take a couple stabs at him. Not a lot, but I have interest. All right, there, there is someone who's egregiously mispriced. Who is there? In the 7K range. Oh. Paul Casey. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, Paul, Paul Casey at that price might be the chalk donkey. Yeah. No, he has he has a, he hasn't missed a cut since last year's Masters. <laughs> yeah, he's, okay, he's, for, he's yeah, he, he hasn't missed a cut since the Masters last year. And never missed a cut here in eight years. I I I don't get what DraftKings is doing here with Paul Casey, and, and I hope. I hope the whole industry sleeps on him or they hate him because of his losing strokes everywhere on Pebble Beach last weekend. Like, whatever the case may be for Paul Casey, you want to hate, 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 hate. He is so cheap that I don't know how you don't roster him. I think that's the only way you don't roster him. I can't find a way either, but I just feel like the only way I can't is if it's his, he's like 40% owned. He's, I don't get it. I don't get I don't understand the pricing model this week. I just don't get it. Um, it's ridiculous. It it really is ridiculous how well Paul Casey is just. He has an average finishing position of thirty first here, and he finished second in twenty fifteen, top twenty five last year. A lot of potential here, especially at that price. If he's not chalk, I'm all in. Yeah, I I can't argue with that at all. Who else do you have in the 7K range? Uh, two other guys, just real quick. Uh, Danny Willett, I think, is really underpriced. He had a 33rd here last year and a 43rd a couple weeks ago. He grades out well for me, so I'm not going to have a huge amount of him, but I like him where he's priced at in the low 7s. And then uh, I do think this is a great spot for Adam Hadwin for some reason. He's played here five times. He made the cut here five times. He had a 6th in 2018, uh, a 16th and a 22nd a couple years before that. He grades out pretty well. Of course, we saw him struggle a couple weeks ago when we mentioned him, but I think this is a good spot for him to come back. He's shown success here in the past. He's good at scrambling. He's 30th in the field on pose, 21st in approach. And he's kind of middle of the field everywhere else. I'll have some Hadwin just to kind of mix things up a little bit. The last guy I want to mention is Neiman. Um... Another guy who's egregiously mispriced, 7,300. I, I think the guy's got a phenomenal game. Fits this course very well. Played it once, and that was last year. Finished 44th. Has not missed a cut this year. Finished 57th at the Sony. 49th at the Farmers. Hasn't been in like incredible in incredible form. So th- I think that's going to lo- lower his ownership, especially when he was so highly touted those two weeks. Yeah. That, that people are just going to be awesome. Are off him, not awesome. People will be. Well, awesome. you guys are. You guys listening to the show are awesome, but <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. You are, off. anyways. Neiman, I'm on him. He ranks top twenty in my fairways and greens model. Ranks top ten in my approach model. Obviously, we worry about the putter, but we don't really worry much about it here. Twelfth yeah. in my weighted rank. Twenty third in my aggregate rank. In my weighted FX model, he's top 30. I mean, he's got all those characteristics that I love in terms of rostering. When you look at Neiman 
in the last 50 rounds. He's 16th in DraftKings scoring, 15th off the tee, 29th in greens regulation gain, and 18th in approach, 14th in strokes gain, tee to green. You talk about a guy who's just popping and he's just so low priced. Neiman is someone that I am most definitely going to be on. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. My only beef to him is putting, as you said, doesn't really matter here. So for his price, yeah, why not? And then um, last guy, I, I, I don't think I'm going to end up with any because he was so bad last week was RCB. I thought he was on your, almost on your do not play list. Um, no, he is. And he's still, he's not on the do not play list, but and he's not. He's not like Chez. Chez is so close to making that that list. What about Grio? Okay. <laughs> Grio, I like Grio as a GPP play, but RCB twenty fifth last year, twenty sixth the year before that. Here, um, could totally see a bounce back spot, a low ownership spot. It's just an option that you may want to consider. No. <laughs> Sorry. No. I want nothing. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. No. No, 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 hell no. Can't do it. Well, this takes us to our signature segment. You can only find it here on the cut line. The only two geniuses that are going to go can't do it. This is where we look at players that are going to be 10% owned or higher that you shouldn't play. You don't need to play. Don't do it. You can't do it. I'm going to start it off. Do it. My number one all-time can't do it. Probably not going to be 10% owned. I don't give a shit. Sergio Garcia, welcome back to the PGA Tour. (laughs) You are my can't do it, you piece of crap human being. Uh, can't do it. I knew it. Ever. I knew it. Ever. <laughs> Fucker. You go ahead and spit in a cup all you want. I like it. I knew he was going to make your list. I, didn't, I wasn't even going to consider him putting him online because I knew he was going to make yours. <laughs> Piece of trash. Can't do it. Can't do it. Well, that's good. It's going to be hard to follow, but for me, it is Phil Mickelson. At 8,300, I think this is the perfect time for a can't do it for him. I mean, coming in off a third last week where everyone's going to be all on his nuts again about, he's got it all together really good, Phil's going to make a comeback, and he's done so well here. (laughs) I don't fucking care if he's done well here before. Yeah, he was great last week. I get it. You know where he struggled? On approach. You know where I need to be good? On approach here. Not going to happen. Get away from Phil. Let everyone else ride that fucking train to the bottom. Good luck. Can't do it. Won't do it. Excellent call there. I don't like his my, approach game. I don't like it. My 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 first real can't do it is going to be Brooks Kepka. And it's not that I don't like Brooks Kepka. It's just that it's his first tournament of the calendar year, and you know we know Brooks. He he only cares about what majors getting in that major form. <laughs> What's the big major coming up here? It's called the Masters tournament. He's going to prep for it, and not to say that he hasn't had success necessarily at this tournament but that's basically what he's prepping for and it's just coming up he's not going to be in the best of form and i just don't think from thursday to sunday even if he's in top 10 come the cut line on friday night 
I don't think he finishes top 30. So Brooks Kepka can't do it. I like that. I, I, was, I was scratching my head when I saw his price, and then I looked into it more, and I was like, yeah, it's not, it's not time. I faded him in all the majors last year and got burned. This year, I will fade him on the non-majors, and I will play him where you're supposed to. So I agree. For me, my next is one that we said we must play. But based on ownership, if he is 20 to 30% owned, I cannot do Paul Casey. I'm sorry. I, I get it. I get it. He's, yes, hasn't missed a cut, underpriced, doing well. But if he is 25% owned, I will figure out a way to make somebody just as good as him. Uh, at the program, he didn't look great. I worry that he is he is due for a miscut. And his approach game was off. His around the green game has been off all year. His putting has also been off. But I'm not worried about that as much. But for 7,700, I think if he's 25% owned, you're running a much higher risk where you can find someone in the same range there's a ton of guys I like here that are just as good as him and have just as much upside with at half or maybe 70% less ownership. So if he's 25% owned, can't do it. Next guy I'm going to mention is Jason Kokrak. Now, when you look at Jason Kokrak's stats, especially here at the Invitational, he only has one miscut since 2014. Average finishing position of 24th place. So you're going, Mike, what's the deal? You're talking about course history. Genesis Invitational, Jason Kokrak at $7,100 is a steal. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Here's the issue. 2020, Jason Kokrak started swinging PXG clubs. And if you guys haven't been following along on Twitter, these guys switching to these clubs, the PXG brand, are not doing that well. Jason Kokrak can't do it. So you go back to your old trusty sticks. Um, you know who else fits that bill? Who? Matt Fitzpatrick. Yeah. No. I, yeah. Nope. I'm with you. No thanks. I mean, these are these are all the PXG guys. Yep. I think there's something to it. I think there's. I don't know if it's necessarily wrong with the club feel, whatever the case may be. I'm gonna ride that wave. Jason Kokrak can't do it. I like that. I agree. I got nobody else. Any, no other can't do it? No, I, I'm staying away from the top guys besides DJ, so I'm already can't doing it. Though I only had those two. And I still do like Casey. I just really need to check out where his ownership falls. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Martin Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut, miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut, miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> so, this takes us to the MG Monsters and Guarantee, where Zach and I will break down our monster, our sub 7K golfer that will finish in the top 25, and our guarantee, our 6K player that we guarantee will make the cut. This is the Martin Pillar effect. No Martin Pillar in the field. So, Zach, who is your MG? Uh, I'm going to go with G first. And I think guaranteed to make the cut this week. And another guy that I'm scratching my head of why he's in the 6Ks. And he's even in the mid-6Ks. At 6,600 is Luke List. Uh, for me, he grades out 49th overall. And if you're keeping score at home, you just need to be top 65 to make the cut. So, 49th, yes, I love it. Driving distance, 7th in the last 36 rounds on POA. 
13th around the green, 20th in birdies or better gain, 40th in scrambling, and 67th in GIR's gain. So he'll get there. He'll get on the green. Look at course history. 15th last year, 26th the year before that. One missed cut, then go back one year further, 20th. So the three of the four times he made the cut, he's finished 26th or better. Coming into, the four, coming into this week, he has made the last two cuts with a 36th and a 25th. I can't ask for a better play here. The guy's got good course history. He's in good form. He's a good fit. I love Luke List as a guarantee, and I'm going to catch you and tie you with this one, and then I will pass you with the next one, and I'll let you go first with your monster or guarantee. Well, my guarantee is going to be Carlos Ortiz. Now, I'm going to put a little asterisk on this. I never, ever roster 6K players above 10% ownership. It's just a rule of thumb I make. I think it's. I, I think DraftKings does a decent job pricing these guys, especially in a field when someone's 6K. Very rarely do I ever break this rule. I don't think Carlos Ortiz is worth breaking this rule. But when you look at his course history, his average finishing position of 18th place, you look at his recent form, three of four made cuts with the average finishing position of 42nd. Off the tee, overall in the last 100 rounds, he ranks 31st course he's a great putter around these greens in my weighted rank ranks 27th in my aggregate rank ranks 20th so carlos ortiz just pops thus him being my guarantee to make the cut of course one thing i also want to mention third in the field in the last 50 rounds in scrambling 27th in strokes gained par four bless you thank you 26th in DraftKings points in the last 50 rounds that's huge for me right there so we're gonna double up here on the guarantee because we're like well if he is higher than 10 percent, where you gotta go who you gonna roster that answer is very 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 simple i'm going straight to nick watney really nick watney two made cuts here at the genesis he finished in 25th. Now, we are coming off two missed cuts at the A&T Pro, uh, Pebble Beach Pro-Am and the Farmers. I'm okay with that. I've seen Nick Watney in good form. I think he's in a bounce-back spot. You don't need the putter here, which is Nick Watney's huge, huge, huge uh, just debilitating factor in his game. But Nick Watney, my other guarantee, if Carlos Ortiz is 10% owned or higher. Interesting. So I'll tell you what. I also picked Carlos Ortiz, but I did not pick him as my guarantee. I had him initially slated to be my monster, and I think that I will stick with it because even if he is ten well, highly owned, I still think he has an excellent shot here uh, of breaking the top 25. And that's mainly because, yes, he finished ninth last year. He also finished 20th here once and 26th. So he's never finished worse than 26th. He's also, the last time we saw him, a 25th. He can do it here. He can make it happen. Granted, the field is a little bit stronger uh, than we've seen in the past, but I do love him. So if he makes the cut and sneaks through as your guarantee and makes the top 25, he'll also win me the monster. My question to you is, do I need to pick a second because I'll have a guy that's that highly owned? No, you don't have to. Okay. I, I, was, just, I was just offering an alternative because if people are going to go and look at ownership and say, oh my gosh, Carlos Ortiz is you know sub 7k and he's 12 percent. i i don't know it, it makes sense to me to fade those guys it does i would agree however however i like him i'm gonna play him 
I'm playing. Well, if you're going to take two, do you, you just want to take two and I'll take a second guarantee? And we'll have you two. Can take a, you can take a second guarantee. We'll make it a three-point week. Then I'm going to go Sung King at 6,700. I grant it. He has been playing terrible golf. But he's made the cut two of the last three weeks. And he's also made the cut here five of five times. So I'm, I'm going to ride the wave with the South Korean. And I'm going to put Sung Kang next to Luke List as my double guarantee of the week. So we could see a leadership change this week if all plays out well. Sung King and Luke List going with the course history. You got it. My monster, Cameron Tringale. Dicey. Three or four made cuts this year. 43rd at the American Express. 49th at the Farmers. 64th at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Missed the cut at the Waste Management. Now, people have been riding Cameron Tringale. I can't believe the ownership. They must be falling in love with his name, just like I do. But the fact of the matter is, that ownership is going to be extremely reduced, considering when you look at his recent form, the fact that people have been playing him and been getting burned, they are going to be off Mr. Tringale. You look in the last eight rounds struggling off those fairways and greens but historically pretty solid and pretty solid in an approach as well in my weighted rank he ranks 22nd in my aggregate rank ranks 24th my favorite part he's 6500 he ranks 16th in my fx rank my fx rank uh takes particular stats from this season and weights them and i can't believe how high he is for a guy who's in the sixth thousand range when you look at strokes gain in terms of the last 50 rounds 30th in DraftKings points 22nd in the field and approach and 20th in strokes gain t to green cameron tringale you sir are my monster that's an interesting call I mean, as you were talking about him i was kind of looking at his history and five of the seven times he's played here he would have won you the monster which is kind of crazy i know that's nice. I, know. I like that. It's it's like I did some research. It's a little that's a little terrifying. He hasn't been playing well. I mean, yes, course history wise, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I wish you well. Thank you, sir. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. Well, that's it. The cut line is over. It's all over. Great show, Zach. That's excellent. I think we're going to be very well this week. What's uh, what's on the docket for next week in the PGA Tour? We have the WGC Mexico Championship. You boys like Mexico? <laughs> and of course, of course, the cut line's going to be there to break it down for you. I want to thank you, the listener, for being with us today. Zach, I want to thank you for another excellent show. No, thank you. You rocked it as usual. I want to give a big shout-out to Fanshare Sports. want a special thanks to PGA Tour and Fantasy National. Hey, just so you know, they might have a split slate next week because I think they do the Puerto Rican Open as well, if I remember right. Uh... 
I think they have they both do. events at, on. on they yeah. do have them at the same time, but I like the the WGC. I hate. Never mind. I hate WGC events. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know. I don't know what we want to do for next week, but they may have. We'll put it. Yeah. We'll put it to a vote. Maybe we'll we'll do both. We'll look at the field and we'll make yeah. a decision. I like it. So, either way, guys, get those lineups in. Lineups lock on Thursday. You guys, be cashing big with the cut line. Go get them. Bye.